Fresh Canvas is brought to you by PerfectPictureLights.com, your home for lighting artwork since 2005. Today, I'll be joined by contemporary figurative artist Lisa Ficarelli Halpern. We will be discussing her diverse art practice and artworks that focus on duality, the coexistence of the old and new. Lisa's work is informed by a love of art history and contemporary culture, of technology and fashion. In keeping with high painterly tradition and couture, each image is visually captivating with lush color, sparkly textures and surfaces. After initial visual impact, the viewer is invited to uncover recognizable materials or motives that help to build a narrative of thematic description. Lisa received her BFA in surface design from Parsons the School of Design and MFA in painting from New Jersey City University. She served as an executive designer for Polo Roth Lauren Corporation, and her work has been exhibited throughout the United States and being featured in Poets and Artists, Fresh Paint, and Studio Visit magazines. She has won numerous awards, including a 2018 Chateau d'Orfeau residency in Champagne-Ardennes, France, a 2016 Eileen S. Kaminsky Family Foundation residency, Admana Contemporary Fine Art, and a 2007 Geraldine Dodge Fellowship. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? Thank you, Claudia. I'm, I'm doing great. It's great to see you. Um, and thank you for inviting me and also to Perfect Picture Lights for inviting me to um, be part of the uh, Fresh Canvas uh, Artist Talks. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, so I know I mentioned it a bit briefly in your introduction, but how about we start with discussing a bit about your background? Um, sure. Well, um, I have um, a pretty extensive background in both fine arts and design. Um, when I started my career in art, I was a, um, a designer for uh, a pretty high-end uh, firm Polo Ralph Lauren Corporation, and I was a part of the home collection design team. Um, and we worked uh, a great deal with uh, historical textiles and, and um, it was a really special time in my life. I, I, I learned so much about design, about research uh, into, um, you know, all kinds of, of two-dimensional, three-dimensional art um, and, uh, and presenting, you know, producing actually prototyping uh, products that were, you know, two-dimensional like fabrics and three-dimensional like um, uh, flatware, glassware, um, you know, all kinds of products. And um, as part of the design work that I was involved in, I actually got to help stage all of the product uh, in environments. So um, I feel like I have an interior design background is pretty, pretty strong too in that way. Um, I always wanted to be a painter, um, an oil painter. So um, after I retired from the corporate design world, I went back and, and I earned my master's in fine art from New Jersey City University in, in painting. And I've been, um, since I graduated, I've been pretty much nonstop, um, you know, with a very uh, steady professional uh, 
practice in my own studio. And I've also been teaching, uh, for, you know, I'm an adjunct professor of art, um, you know, for studio arts. Uh, so I, I, um, yeah, I feel like 50, 50, I'm, I'm pretty strong, you know, what they call fine art and what they call design. You know, I, I think one, uh, really does support and help the other for me. And do you feel like your design background informed your focus in oil painting? I, I think it, it does and it did. Um, I think that um, the way that I uh, generally approach my work, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a collector of visual information. You know, that is something that I that I love and I thrive on. And, it, and you know, so I, I could be, you know, walking down the street and see something that someone's wearing or, um, you know, see a sign or um, I could be in a museum and see an old painting, a master's painting. And, and I, I, I sort of, you know, gather this, this visual stimuli and, uh, and I make a lot of connections um, in my in my head about you know what things are relating to other things and I I find that um, my general process you know um, sometimes my paintings come together very very quickly mm -hmm. um, you know I, things are like oh, okay this and this and you know this is how it I feel like it's going to manifest um, other times it takes a while to percolate an idea you know I might think. You know, oh, that's interesting. You know, I might have a concept for something, but I don't exactly know how I want to visualize it. You know, so it might it might be something that cooks, you know, for a while, and then all of a sudden I'll see something, and and then the light bulb will go over my head. I'll go, yes, this is how I want to, you know, express this feeling or this idea. I feel like whenever I see your work, I just kind of. It reminds me of like the Baroque Renaissance, like old masters paintings, but with such a, a new point of view. They're beautiful. So I think thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think this is kind of the best way to get started talking about your art so people can see that, yes, it looks kind of similar to classic art, but you have you put a spin to it. Okay. Well, um, how would you what would you like to start with? Um, how about we start with, because I know you do portraits, right? Yes, I do. Go ahead and start kind of. Uh, sure. Let me share a couple of images for you. This is a portrait that I um, completed in 2016. And it's called King after Van Eyck. And uh, so King after Van Eyck is based on directly on Jan van Eyck's portrait of man in a turban. And let me show you him. Uh, at, at the time that I um, started working on these portraits, I had, I'd been doing previously a lot of still life where I uh, took um, elements from um, art historical still life and updated them. Um, and I decided that I was going to try to play around with a, a more figurative theme uh, where I would actually use the faces from uh, the, the historic 
part. So, you know, I wanted to uh, do an updated version of Van Eyck. You know, he is so the this person, this man uh, is so um, iconic. Right. And there's something about his gaze. He follows you wherever you go in, in the room. Uh, so it's a very interesting portrait. And so he was timeless. To me, he was a timeless figure. And so I decided to um, put in, you know, some more contemporary uh, elements. You know, he's got some some jewelry on and uh, his background is uh, it's very uh, sor sort of influenced by um, Pucci, Emilio Pucci. Uh, who I was actually looking at a lot of those um, those designs, you know, right around that time. So, um, you know, he has received a very favorable response from from people, um, just in general. Uh, he was actually the face of the 14C art fair in Jersey City um, last year, which I was floored when they chose when they chose King. As their as their banner image, I was like, "Wow, that's that's unbelievable." But um, he does really engage uh, people. Um, let me show you another example. This painting, Starlet, uh, was also painted in 2016, uh, and um, she's a, a disco queen. Um, actually, she resides in the permanent collection of the Eileen S. Kaminsky. Foundation art collection at MANA, which uh, is a very high honor for, for me. Um, and she is directly influenced by the self-portrait of Elizabeth Vigée Leblanc. Mm -hmm. um, so this is her self-portrait. So it's the same face. But uh, and what I what struck me about uh, Vigée Leblanc's uh, self-portrait was not just the beautiful face, obviously, this timeless, really gorgeous face, but those earrings, right? <laughs> yes. So when we go to Starlet, let's go back to Starlet. Starlet needed disco ball earrings. She just needed them. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's those kinds of connections that I, that I you know, I just find... Um, you know, very um, engaging for me as the creator. And I just think, I think it's, it's fun. And I, and I do enjoy when I enjoy creating my work, you know? So this was one of those, um, those moments where, uh, you know, I really felt like things were coming together. And, and uh, Starlet also, um, her, her dress, her halter top is also uh, influenced by Pucci as well. So there's there's sort of always that fashion element that seems to kind of creep in, you know, kind of kind of comes in into the work um, in unexpected ways sometimes. Um, I have a more, I'm sorry. Yes. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because I've noticed like the old, the original, I guess, paintings have kind of a darker color, so I'm more kind of muted. But you use yes. these kind of vibrant yet pastel colors. Like, how do you decide which colors are? Well, it's interesting. See, I I love color. I'm I'm um, in fact a couple of uh, of colleagues, art, fellow artists, have remarked. You know, you're you're really what they call a colorist, a 
colorist, I-S-T. Um, I, I think that um, using color and using a lot of color, being able to use a lot of color successfully without um, overwhelming the viewer is something that I always try to, to do. I love infusing um, color into, into my artwork. Um, and I find uh, that, you know, it just, it just depends on which colors are, are put together, um, the intensity of them. Uh, I've been teaching color theory for the last couple of years, uh, and I'm, I'm loving every moment of it. And I'm finding that as I'm trying to explain uh, formulating colors and color recipes to students, I'm sort of thinking about my own process while I'm doing that. So um, I, I think that um, in this case, the case of Starlet, I really did want to have a lot of grisé tones, gray, gray tones with the flesh tones. Um, with the previous painting, King, um, I wanted to lighten him up. I just felt like he needed to be lightened up. Um, so I, I suppose in a way uh, there's a lightening uh, that occurs of the historical uh, documents in a way uh, that, that, you know, maybe as we're discussing it now, that may be uh, one of the ways that I'm sort of updating things, kind of, you know, taking them out of mothballs and kind of lightening, cleaning them up. You know, in a yeah. way. So, um, I, I do have a more recent uh, portrait also to share. Um, so, this is uh, Spangle. And Spangle um, was uh, completed uh, last year in 2020. And um, she uh, is based upon. The Girl with a Pearl Earring by Vermeer. And um, this painting has, has captivated me for decades, uh, it, as it does so many people. Um, and it's just the, the look, her expression, um, her timelessness, uh, the innocence, but not the innocence. You know, there's, there's the knowing part and the the innocent part, and I and I really did want to somehow, um, you know, uh, adapt this uh, document as a you know as a more contemporary painting. So again, you know, there's there's uh, her uh, expression, and then there's also her earring, right, which is so important in this piece. Um, so Spangle is kind of doing the same thing you know she's it's it's a very it's her expression uh although she has you know some sparkly eyeshadow on and uh you know again the the disco ball earrings that i absolutely was very interested in um for a while so uh she has gotten a, an extremely favorable response as well um I think people, many, many people know the original work and that is probably why, you know. Yes. So. Also like how you kind of kept the original color scheme, but kind of, as you said before, kind of lighten it up, then made it. Yes, um, you know, I, I think that it worked from that point of view. Um, you know, I, I love the crazy hair. <laughs> you know, the crazy hair is great. 
and you don't expect the crazy hair at all. You know, I think that, you know, putting, adding the unexpected element in is, is partly why it is, is engaging as an image. Um, you know, a lot of my work, uh, sometimes I'll do a plain background if I'm doing a portrait or a still life, but, you know, oftentimes it, it turns into some sort of pattern, repeating pattern. And I think that's because of my uh, design background. As an undergrad, I was a surface design major, um, you know, and, and I worked on a lot of uh, engineered patterns. And, um, and I think that's something I, that I love that I, you know, I always try to kind of put something in to the work, um, you know, along those lines as well. And then I know besides like portraits, you do other works that also pull that influence. Do you want to maybe share about those works? Um, sure. Um, let me just see what I have on my desktop here. Um, so I, I do oil painting, but I also really enjoy works on paper. So I do, I have done, and I, and I, uh, have done a fair amount of, of printmaking. So this particular, uh, piece, which is actually, uh, from a, a while ago, it's, it's about almost 10 years old. Um, this is called tech cherubs. And so the little, the little cherubs are, are, um, you know, from, uh, an historical, um, um, document influenced by an historical document, but, you know, they're all on their cell phones and laptop. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I love taking those kinds of more, um, linear graphic images and kind of putting in that contemporary little, little edge. And I've done quite a lot of, uh, works that, that sort of put in the, the personal, um, technology devices like phones and, uh, Bluetooth and that kind of stuff. So um, actually recently, let me show you um, something that I, I used for something that's more recent, but it also relates to this uh, piece as well. So um, I had the good fortune to travel to France um, a couple of years ago when I was in residency at the um, uh, Chateau d'Orcavaux. And this is actually one of the... Um, pieces that can be found in uh, Petit Trianon, the uh, Marie Antoinette's um, home, you know, her, her chateau on Versailles in, on the property. So it's interesting to me that, um, you know, this is the kind of thing that, that makes me, that fuels my other graphic uh, works uh, very often. There's, there's a pretty direct uh, connection there. There's another piece that I that I recently did uh, called Rococo Mask, oh. which uh, is also has golden cherubs. And so um, I guess what I'm saying is that um, I revisit some of my themes. Oh, okay. You know, uh, whether it's because um, you know maybe a piece that is created it has been purchased, right? And so it's it's not mine anymore. It, it's kind of mine, but you know it's left the nest, so to speak. Um, or it, because I just maybe had such a great time creating a piece that I feel like I want to revisit something. So gold ormolu, you know, uh, decorative um, motifs, I just absolutely love them. And uh, when I was at Ralph Lauren, we also, there was a collection way back when I was working 
um, in that in that corporation. We did do several things that also had this same kind of, um, you know, ornamental Baroque feeling. You know, I suppose the seeds of things that continued to fuel my inspiration were, were you know, they were sown a very long time ago. You know, maybe, uh, you know, laying dormant for, for a long time, you know. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. And then my confusion just kind of goes on to put forth that idea that your work resembles that type of style, but it's always updated. And there's a little bit that you look at it and you're like, oh, that's, that's contemporary. There's something new to it. Well, I think, I think in general, um, and I'm going to stop sharing here for a second. Um, I think in general, um, and this is something, just something I've noticed over the last five years or so. Um, of course, this past year with pandemic, things have, have really shifted. You know, everybody's priorities have shifted a lot um, in a necessary way. But I feel as though uh, orna ornamentation, accessories, um, you know, a lot of those kinds of, of popular cultural fashion related things have really come back very, very strong. Uh, you know, you can decorate your phone, you can get decorated cases for your phone, you know, things hanging off of your phone. There's just a lot of, of that kind of um, decoration uh, that I've, that I have noticed. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think that it's, it's, it somehow pleases people. It makes them feel maybe more dressed up, you know, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, gives them a happy, happy little trinket, uh, a little amulet, you know, if you will. So it's, a, I think it's, it's, it's uh, ornamentation or decoration in a very positive way. And then I know okay. in previous conversations, we talked how your exhibition attachment kind of pulled in some of your interior design background. Yes, it did. So this is an image, uh, an installation uh, image from the show that I had at Art House Productions Gallery in Jersey City, uh, the attachment show. And so um, what, I, what I had envisioned for the, uh, for the exhibition was to somehow do a three-dimensional kind of um, decorative installation that would somehow complement the two-dimensional works. Uh, the whole show was conceived uh, with both, both parts kind of, um, you know, in my mind. So um, the, you can see from the uh, works that are on the wall, um, there is attached, you know, applied ribbon, which uh, I decided to do it as a white on white um, wall, um, decor kind of so it would appear as more of an architectural element rather than um, you know uh, you know a, a colored ribbon. I wanted it to complement but not overpower um, the the artworks. Um, I wanted also uh, very much with this show to create a three dimensional piece that somehow uh, was in the same uh, vein, you know, the same theme as the as the two dimensional work. Um, and, uh, and would, it would sort of complement what was on the walls. So I, I looked at a, a lot of, um, historical underpinnings for women's clothing. 
and corsetry and, uh, you know, support undergarments. So this is my, uh, I'm call it the attachment panier. Um, and it's a, it's a simplified version of what a woman would wear under her, you know, her dress um, from, you know, uh, I guess they started wearing them in the 17th century, uh, probably before, although they probably were not called panier before then. And so it features also ribbon. Uh, you know, I did ribbon rosettes and swags, and there's also pearls um, on the panier. And the entire structure uh, is built um, using a very lightweight PVC. Um, that you actually use in your garden, <laughs> which is which is interesting. Um, you know, I had to really go back to my roots um, in 3D design and prototype the actual piece and test everything and, you know, actually source the materials. And, um, you know, I made a couple of very good friends at Berwick um, Offray Ribbon in Pennsylvania who were really helpful and uh, you know, were able to really help me to um, you know to get the ribbon together the right kind and et cetera. So it was re it was really a very nice um, sort of coalescing of my different um, you know the different hats that I've worn as a, as an artist you know over the years. Um, I have another image of the um, exhibit as well that I can share with you. So this is another uh, image, installation image of the um, attachment uh, show. And so here is a, another um, sort of a, um, you know, a, an applied uh, embellishment on the wall, um, sort of to serve as an architectural uh, element. And um, these are other, other artworks that were in the show. These are ink drawings uh, on canvas. Uh, with acrylic and also watercolor. Um, so it, it, I want to mention also that the applied ribbon with the artwork, um, uh, you know, on top is, is also influenced by Regency interiors um, in England. You know, um, when you look at um, films like um, Sense and Sensibility or um, Pride and Prejudice, you will see those beautiful interiors where there are, you know, in many cases, small paintings, very small that are attached, you know, they're displayed together with a ribbon. So I'm actually really working on a series right now that actually does just that. Um, you had asked about what I kind of things I was working on for, you know, this year and going forward. And that is definitely something I am continuing. So I just wanted to show this this uh, image, which is also from 2016, it's called Rococo Bouquet. And it is actually influenced by a, an old uh, document of a drawing of a, of a bouquet of flowers. That's a Rococo um, historic uh, document. And this was actually the first time that I used real flowers with flowers that were costume jewelry. And so this piece, I believe, was the beginnings of what I am calling the Corsage series. Um, this other uh, piece was the first of what, um, what, it, what has become 
the Corsage series. And this is actually quite large. Uh, it's over 30 by 40 inches. Um, and, and it's called Grand Peony Corsage. Um, and it, it actually is a commission uh, from a very good friend of mine. Um, the flowers that are in the uh, painting are actual flowers that were from my, my friend's late mother's garden. Uh, she was a, an incredible gardener and um, she passed away. And my friend had transplanted a lot of her, the, the flowers that were in her mom's garden into her own garden. So these are actually the plants that belonged to her, her late mom. And the jewelry in the piece, uh, the pearls and the diamond and pearl earrings were her mom's jewelry. So um, it, it was, uh, you know, it was really a labor of love and it, it turned out really well. Um, people that I showed it to really enjoyed it and thought it was a, a good, um, a really good piece. So I decided to, um, after completing the commission, to begin smaller works in the same vein. So this is uh, what Peony Cossage, uh, number one. And so this is a much smaller painting. Um, it's about 20 by 20 inches. And it also has the pearl strand that is the, um, the pearl strand that belonged to my friend's late mom. This was part of my attachment exhibition also. And so the Corsage series, um, what I'm trying to do with that is to use the real, real flowers, uh, different kinds of flowers, and to feature um, either jewelry or trinkets or objects from people that um, we love that maybe aren't in our lives anymore. And, and somehow we can honor them and still feel attached to them through uh, this, you know, this visual image. Um, so this is, uh, I think, going to be a, a very um, good uh, way for me to kind of continue this year, especially as I'm still dealing with, you know, very much uh, being a solitary artist in my studio. Um, and sort of still trying to feel that I can connect people with things that are, are no longer in their lives, you know, or people that are, are no longer present in their lives. Well, I look forward to seeing more, more of your Corsard series because to me, I feel like they're kind of not really still lives, but like they kind of remind me of that. But now that you mentioned it, they feel more. I see there's more of like an emotional connection and more personal intimate intimacy about them. I think it's the, I think it's um, the flowers. I think it's uh, there's a, you know, a sort of a, almost a, a, it, they're kind of lush in terms of, you know, because it's, it's, they're floral and there's in some cases a lot of color, but also there's, there's the, um, the, the attachment, there's the actual physical uh, thing that is attached that is somewhat of a, of a, of a memento. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, again, people may look at it and think, Oh, you know, my mom or my aunt or my grandmother, I, you know, I, I'm wearing her pearls, you know, or I'm wearing her earrings. And so you can kind of feel that, that connection. Um, I really would like to expand um, into, uh, you know, 
uh, corsages that are not so gender specific also, um, because I think that that is a very important thing. Um, so actually I'm working a lot on, on those kinds of compositions as well. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I think that just humankind in general, um, you know, really needs to kind of feel connected still to things they love or people they love. And uh, it's not gender, should not be gender specific. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing and joining me today, Lisa. Do you yeah, have let me, let me get out of the screen so I can be a little bigger here. <laughs> thank you. This was really a, a treat and a privilege to uh, be able to share my work with you and uh, with Perfect Picture Lights and uh, the, the, the viewers at large. Really appreciate it. So if anyone wants to learn more about Lisa's work or see more of her beautiful pieces, you can go ahead and check out her website, which is www.lisaficarelli-halpern.com. Or you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram at Lisa Ficarelli Halpern. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs>